Okay, welcome back to Air Yards, a football podcast for fans who like to sit at the bar and have a chat with their mate. I am your host, Brandon Kwok, here with my co-host, Ethan Lee. Hello there. And we are just so super excited to be back for season two. This is now our, what, third episode of the season, and 2019 cannot get here quick enough. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, we're in 2019, but like the football season. Okay, but like the season, <laughs> yeah. you know that. Yeah, okay, fair. So, uh, we do have a lot of football to talk about, so this is especially exciting for us because we're getting back into our kind of diagnosis of each individual division, so I think we should get right back into it. Yeah, it's great to kind of actually, you know, go through who's picked up who, who's signed where, and, you know, kind of see maybe how the next season's going to play out, like, this far ahead, it gets you really excited for that kind of football to come back. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, before we do that, though, we do want to give a quick life update, as always. Ethan, how has your past couple weeks been since we've been talking? Um, They've been pretty good. Uh, I've had at my new job, so that's been busy, but it's been a nice change. Um, what do you do? I don't know if I mentioned before that it's... I basically kind of handle data access requests because GDPR is a big thing, and that means everyone can ask for their data that like the company holds them for free. So I have to deal with a lot of that and like CCTVs from our stores of crimes and that kind of thing. So it's interesting. Okay, so you have to sit behind a desk all day. Uh yeah, basically, well, I, like most okay. office jobs. Uh, not, not to boil it down to something like very basic, but that's kind of what it feels like, and I, I do I do feel bad about that. Uh yeah, but I mean that's fine. It's what most jobs entail, really. Sure. Do you like it? Uh yeah, so far so good. I mean it's busy, but not like overly busy. You know, I have kind of stuff to do, but nothing that I'm like, you know, kind of frantically typing or having to go look for things that sort of way. That's got a okay. good balance. Like, work from home if I want. It's nice and flexible. Oh, dude, that is nice. Yeah. Also, been watching NBA playoffs. Right now, our two teams are uh, duking, duking it out to be um, to go to the finals. Yeah. I mean, this is... Honestly, this has been a very crazy playoffs. I know we talked about this a long time ago, how I'd be like, well, this would be so cool if you know the, the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Sixers were all in it because, you know, former co-host of the podcast, Pavel Rosman, uh, is a Sixers fan. Yeah, and um, really, it was a very proud moment in my life to watch uh, Kawhi Leonard um, extinguish their hopes and uh, make Joel Embiid's face flood with tears. So, I, I mean, not to get too far off of football, but I, I do think this was the matchup that everybody wanted. Uh, as much as the Sixers boast a good deal of star power, they are basically their top four players and then nothing. Oh, yeah, this is... I think this, this is the, this, these are the best two teams. This is the best matchup. Yeah, for sure. This is definitely the best team, his best two players. It's when everyone kind of thought we were going to get, and uh, it's nice to finally see it. How does it feel to lose to Brooke Lopez? Not even Giannis, Brooke Lopez. Um, disappointing, obviously, but I mean, look, it's kind of when you're playing on the road, it's try and steal one. So probably felt like could have got one last night, but we'll go again. Okay. So. I don't agree. I think that, you know, you're going to end up losing game two, and this is going to be a Bucks and four kind of series. I'm that confident in my guys. Uh, but. Okay, that's fair. Um, I will say that just after the Bulls are beat last round, I have, you know, that's me set, really. I obviously want to go as far as we can, but uh, I'm. Your game of the year is the buzzer, is game seven, and you're just, like, happy to be in the finals. 
don't settle for that. Kind of. Like, I mean, after that, it's, you feel like the game doesn't owe you anything okay. more after, like, the kind of elation of, like, a walk-off Game 7 buzzer beater. So. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about that. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> We're now, a, I know we've joked about this. We're, we are a basketball podcast now. Um. Speaking of uh, our other pursuits, do you want to talk about Game of Thrones? Yes. It is Critics Corner. The biggest thing that ever happened to yeah, Game of Thrones um, just happened last week. Um, mild spoiler warning, uh, skip ahead for a little bit. Yeah, do you want to lead off? or? Sure. Um, I absolutely loved the episode. Um, I am not one of those people that was very upset with the way that they handled the Daenerys transition. I, I'm a little. I think it's abrupt, and I'm upset with the number of episodes that they've had this season and the past season. Uh, just because I think that they could have had more of what Game of Thrones is good at, with the people in rooms sitting around talking. That's the best part of the show. But at the same time, um, I, I like the Mad Queen approach. I think it's the best way to resolve John and Danny's conflict while also giving everybody a satisfying ending. Yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, as an episode of, what, like, 80 minutes of TV, it was a fantastic, super entertaining, you know, haven't seen many better episodes of TV, really, in terms of, like, a kind of just one-off show. I also understand, you know, people say it's poorly written, and that sort of thing, there are a couple of problems and flaws. Uh, I 100%, I mean, I think it's been just atrociously written from, like, I think they kind of are like, these are the things we want to do this season, and then they were like, all right, we can do that in an episode. And then they went back and they're like, oh, I guess we didn't plan out enough. Oh, well. Like, it just, uh, the forethought for this just doesn't seem there. And that's what pisses me off the most. Especially, apparently, all these reports are coming out that uh, Benioff and Weiss were just like, nah, we're good. We don't want to keep doing this. Yeah. And it was their fault that this is happening. Yeah, no, like, I... Dude, just finish, like, finish strong. Don't give up. And they feel like they gave up. Yeah, I do agree. I think... I was a bit disappointed that, like, more falling bricks killed, like, people than the Army of the Dead. Uh, I, I, different context, I know, but it was just a bit of a shame. But, uh, overall, it's a TV show, it's meant to be entertaining, and if you didn't think episode 5 was entertaining, then I really don't know what to tell you. Sure. Uh, I mean, we can have a, a separate comparison podcast episode, or even separate comparison podcast, talking about the books to the TV show, because I think that would be the most interesting. Uh, what's the, when the books will have a slightly different ending, I'm sure. Yeah, if they're ever finished. I, I have to believe they will, man. Don't do that to me. But, I mean, I hope, but I just think... Uh, even I did see George R. R. Martin was, you know, disappointed with the way this season's gone and whatever, and I did part of me think, well, maybe get off your fat ass and write the end of the books. Now, he wrote, he wrote more lore... But the whole backstory of the of the books that he has not finished before finishing yeah, the books. I know, that just made me kind of feel like I get where he's coming from, but if you're going to throw stones, don't be in a glass house. Sure. Um, so I do want to introduce a new segment this week. I know we kind of worked at Shop This a little bit. We've talked about it offline. Let's talk about people. Oh, yes. So... For our listeners, this is going to be a new segment where each episode, Ethan and I will talk about one thing about people that just really fucking piss us off. Uh, because everybody likes to complain about the people in their lives, and this is where we get to do it. And you can commiserate with us or you know argue against us. Who knows? So here, I'd love to hear your point, Ethan. 
Okay, my one actually comes from recently starting my new job where, so I have to get a train from, like, a train station into work. Sure. And something that really fucks me off is that, like, you know, in the morning, it's, like, a busy train, whatever, like, everyone's kind of going to work, commuter times are busy, everyone knows that. But when it's coming, like, near a stop and people kind of start trying to push past this crowd of people just to get to the very, very front of the door as if they've got somewhere super important to be or they're super busy, and then they get off and just stay at the stop for the next train. You know, they kind of, like, push everyone out of the way, don't wait for the train to stop and the door to open, people can kind of get out and let them pass, whatever. They just, I don't know, through sheer ignorance, put the head down and start to barrow through everyone. So these are people who are, like, not letting people off the train first, or, like, I guess... They're just like, I'm the most important person in the world and just need to push past everybody. Basically, yeah, they'll be like 10 feet away, but they have to push past everyone ahead of them to get to like the front of the door for when the train finally stops to get off because they're allegedly busy. Okay, this is, I mean, I, I hate people like that too. Like, just learn how to get in line. Like, I, and it, like, there are times where I feel like it is acceptable. You know, like, if you are genuinely in a rush, like it, it but like, I feel like that's not, that's the exception, not the rule. Oh, definitely. And even, it's like sometimes on a plane, someone will be like near the back of the plane. But oh my just god, it's fucking. Cannonball it to the front. Fuck for... those people. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's you, you get that. off in the order that your row is. It's like one and then two and then three because the people who like get off in the back of the plane first, you're fucking up the whole system. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, my problem with people this week. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, so this actually comes from a fun experience last night. Uh, so for our listeners, I was at the 10th anniversary concert for Passion Pits Manners in Chicago last night, and former co-host of the pod, dear friend Pavel Rosman, came with. Uh, he is the one who uh, suggested that we do this, and it was fantastic. The show was unbelievable, but the travel to and from was not this was just fucking awful. Uh, Chicago as a city and as a place just sucks. Yeah, Getting in there is the worst. It is an expensive place. I don't know why anybody chooses to live there. The sports teams also suck, but that's negligible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, so we uh, take a midnight bus home from downtown Chicago, and... We're on there, so it's it's late as fuck, and you know it's kind of full, and we get kicked out of our seats because apparently they're priority for handy or disabled people at the next stop, even though we were only getting off in Milwaukee. So I don't understand why. Why he's like, we can't let okay. anybody on until Madison. I'm like, sure, but we're getting off in Milwaukee, so we will be off by that point. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, yeah. so lights go down. Pavel and I are not sitting next to each other, and then. All of a sudden, people just like start oh no facetiming each other, like are facetiming other people not on the bus loudly and without headphones in. Oh god! And I fucking hate when people do this. It's like or it's it's not only just on a bus or in an enclosed space. You'll see people walking around with their phone on speaker at like the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, I like they they hold they do that like bitchy uh hold the speaker up to their mouth with their like the screen kind of facing someone else so you can see that they're on speakerphone it's just like why this conversation is not public i don't need to hear about it yeah that's something i've experienced more from maybe older people i don't know if it's like a 
an ignorance or kind of a lack of technical nous, but uh, yeah, anyone that's on the bus and is just plowing away doing their kind of weekly phone calls to their parents and anyone else in their family really, really, really get up my ass. Oh, see, I, I find it so, these older people, it's always younger people for me. Like, always like 25 to 35, just like assholes who do not give a fuck about anybody else around them. And it's like, I get it, you know, you, we, we, be your own person, that kind of shit. But like, come on. It's one in the fucking morning. Do not be FaceTiming somebody, number one, at all. But number two, with like your, like, so I can hear you and the person you're having a conversation with. And this is not something I need to hear. <laughs> yeah, um, I have to agree. So, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stop there. I don't need to go on a rant about this. Yeah. But we do, we do have to talk about some breaking news today in the NFL world that just happened like a couple of hours ago. Yeah, um, Patrick Peterson, the uh, Cardinals safety corner, corner, safety. Eight-time pro, uh, eight-year, six-time Pro Bowl, six-time Pro Bowl cornerback, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's uh, pretty good at football. Um, he was is now suspended for the first six games of the 2019 season for PEDs. So, uh, Which is, why? Would you do like? I guess like he got that bored because his team was garbage. Yeah, imagine taking PEDs to go three and thirteen. That's <laughs> a bit of a rough so t- look. It's terrible. Yeah. So. So, I, I that the, the cards are definitely a team this year that are on the rise. They had a. I thought they had a great draft. I thought that everything is going well for them this off season. And this is this is just going to kind of fuck them up because their defense is not very good. Yeah, this definitely isn't going to help them with that. Um, and also, I guess it doesn't speak to the kind of culture in that locker room if that's something that's going to go on when they're getting their kind of destroyed every week. Yeah, I, I don't that I don't. I'm very interested to see how uh, Cliff Kingsbury handles this because this is kind of like the first test of controversy that this this new team is going to be facing. So, you know, I, I mean, it's he could. I, I really think it will. Kind of define the early moments of their season. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how it all plays out. So, all right, we did have another piece of breaking news yesterday, but that's actually going to be covered in our uh, talk for the week, which is going to be on the AFC East. Uh, we're kind of formatting this similar to the way we did early episodes last season, uh, where we are going to be going through each division, breaking it down, talking about the best new additions, talking about who left, uh, you know, how each team is going to be doing that year. Very kind of open-ended talk. Uh, obviously, as a general disclaimer, when we do get the records for each team, if you add them up at the end of the year, it probably won't be correct for the whole NFL. We're just if these teams were in a bubble for this year, this is how we're doing the projections. So that's a disclaimer oh, yeah. from us. Yeah, like like we're not going to go. I'm not going to do the math. Come on. Yeah. No. Fuck that. All right. So let's get into it. So what happened yesterday? Well. uh... The Jets GM, he was allowed kind of hire their new head coach. He was allowed to kind of navigate them through free agency. He even made their draft picks. And then after doing all that work, you know, the kind of hard, long days, all the research, uh, he got fired yesterday. I saw a great tweet. Uh, It said, like, he was fired simultaneously two years too early and two years too late. Like... If they wanted him to be around, 
then they should have kept like he, he was like in the middle of a rebuild at this point that he had started and they just are like nah you're good I, I just i this move baffles me uh the jets are continuously just like a doormat in the in this league and a laughing stock and they will forever be terrible yeah i mean the whole thing's just bizarre considering they you know were sucked what two years ago now they're still you know not great it remains to be seen but they're at least trending upwards you'd imagine between you know, strong draft picks and good free agency signings. And then the GM that's kind of steered you on the right path, we'll say, and then you just kind of cut and let go without any real reason why. Well, so I, what I've been hearing is that they, uh, their new coach, Adam Gase, really did not like the way that they had built the team in terms of like how much money they spent. Like he, he liked Bell as a player but he like you're 27 years old and the amount of money that they gave him was just like way too much yeah and he didn't like that he didn't like all the money they gave cj mosley i i like i understand it but like sometimes in free agency you just you gotta spend to get the guys you want <laughs> like this isn't uh no one's in a vacuum here yeah and also when you have a kind of quarterback on his rookie deal that's when you can afford to maybe pay a little extra right, on big exactly. agent contracts because you're saving all this quarterback money, and also now I understand if like, oh sorry, like, well like the Jets suck. Who's gonna go play in the, like for the Jets unless you're giving them a bit extra? Sure, and I I guess my point I was trying to make was that you know you do want to if you're gonna overspend overspend on the right people and maybe that's the the big takeaway that Adam Gase had is that he was like these are not the right people, but I don't know I I, I really do think that. The Jets as a whole, their front office is just fucking ridiculous. Now, apparently, they are already shopping around. They have uh, one of the Eagles front office guys lined up to take this job, essentially, if he wants it, which is great for the front office of the Eagles. I think that they've proven themselves to be very well-managed and forward-thinking. But also, is this a death trap for him? Yeah, it might be a kind of rough one to come out of, you know, working at the Eagles, a great organization, and then... Really, a baptism by fire, like your first kind of solo job or your next challenge, and then, and maybe it'll go well. But if it doesn't, then your kind of stocks right back in the toilet. Yeah, you you have to think with some of these like perennially terrible teams, going and being the GM of that, it's like exciting, but also, what like you're just throwing yourself off a cliff there because it's not like, you know, if they say like the Pats were suddenly bad after uh, Bill Belichick leaves, like he still has his, uh, like you were saying, like the, the Pats are still a storied franchise. You know, you can go there, you get a little bit of slack. You go to like the Jets or the Browns before they were, they got better. Um, you go to like the, the Bucks. They're just terrible. You're going to get, you have a short leash. And I think that's ridiculous. Like you're screwing yourself over. Yeah, I agree. They're both very unforgiving markets. So, Anyhow, let's talk about actual football. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about teams or just like random shit? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, we don't have to talk about them individually. Let's let's talk about, um, you know, who who do we think, like some big changes that happened in the, in this division right now. Some obviously uh, Gronk retired, um, but. I still think the Pats are somehow better than everybody else, and it's like a wide margin. Yeah, I would agree with that, but I also just think that's more of a mark against... Or do you mean their division or the whole, like... I mean, I still think they're the best team in the AFC, 
and that's largely, you know, they haven't done anything to prove to me that they're not the best team. But also, I mean, it's like a joke. Their division is terrible, and they are the kings of the they are the kings of the AFC East until proven otherwise. Oh yeah, I mean, division. I think it's a no brainer. They almost get the benefit from half assing the regular season, and this will get to maybe twelve wins. And then you know, by that stage, they get a first round bye, and then they're in Foxborough for the second round of the playoffs. It's a nice position to be in. Yeah. It a hundred percent is, but it's just sucks to watch it from the outside. Um, I don't know, like who 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 else came in? Uh, the Jets and the Bills both had big free agent spending sprees. Uh, so I think the Jets brought in C.J. Mosley. Obviously, we talked about Le'Veon Bell. Who else did they bring in? They brought in Ty Montgomery, who you're very familiar with. Uh, I am very familiar. They also Jamison Crowder. Oh, okay. I really did like that signing. A lot. Yeah, I mean, it's all about kind of giving Darnold weapons and different options, really, and maybe giving them more than just one look. Right. I mean, unfortunately, I do think that they still need a tight end, like, badly. Um, But I think that you could say that about most teams in the NFL. They need something, just because, you know, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, uh, who else? Uh, George Kittle, they're just going to run over you. But they're the the top tier, and then you have guys like O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, and then has-beens like Jimmy Graham. So I think everybody just needs somebody, and the Jets need somebody. Uh, the Bills kind of retooled their whole offense. They brought in Cole Beasley, John Brown, who I, both of those signings I really like. Yeah. And then they signed Frank Gore. And I, from, a, from an age and a contract standpoint, I didn't get it. Yeah, neither do I. But uh, they also got you know Ed Oliver in the draft. Great pick. Uh, they brought in. That, I mean, uh, yeah. Sorry. Talked about that. That was my dra- That was my best pick of the draft, easily. Yeah, I mean they got a what nine maybe. I think you. Know, I think you can't get much better value than that. They also brought in no, no, TJ Yeldon, which again to your point, like why bring in Frank Gore as well? Yeah. So. Uh, and then I think, so we already talked about the Pats losing Gronk. Uh, they drafted Keel Harry, which is a big draft pick that I like. Um, I thought that was, again, maybe not the steal of the first round, like we talked about Ed Oliver, but definitely where he was drafted team-wise and location in the draft. It was perfect. Yeah, uh, anything to give Brady, I guess, more options considering what they ended up with last year with well, like Philip Dorsett. As, yeah, as a, as a personal aside, I don't like that they got him because fuck the Patriots are just going to continue to be okay and better than everybody else but like from a team fit yeah it's great they also um, signed a Demarius the, Thomas did they yeah oh I didn't know that yeah which is oh, maybe I did and I forgot I think it happened like very early on I think it's an intriguing one because he did get hurt towards the end of last season he's not exactly you right. know a spring chicken but but I mean like he could basically be there uh who is they they brought they had somebody that they brought in a couple of years ago that was essentially the same type of players. I I can't remember. Anyhow, uh, I I do like that. They are also rumored to have re-signed Jamie Collins, so he's headed back to to Foxborough. Oh yeah, I saw that actually. Which like is just such a Patriots move <laughs> to re-sign the guy that you traded away like a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, they 
drafted pretty well. They released Adrian Claiborne. See, the Pats, the way... Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, they did. The way they operate, though, they just... You know, even if they lose a couple of players, Gronk, maybe aside, they just retool with, like, a fifth rounder that is very good at, like, two particular skills, and they get by. Right. And I th- like we were saying, I think we just they just get the benefit of the doubt until... Until they don't <laughs> like there's really no other way to say that um talk about the dolphins real quick. yeah we should talk about miami yes, absolutely yeah. uh the dolphins they did trade for josh rosen and in doing so they got the best qb in the draft what isn't the draft this year yes <laughs> okay cool yeah yeah um i'd agree with that they, so, they, they, they somehow base yeah they basically did not give up their first rounder and still got the draft's best qb like it's oh my god yeah they got him for a great price i was pretty jealous when i saw um yeah, traded away Tannehill, didn't have to pay him. They re-signed Xavier Howard. They re-signed Which is Devontae a jo- Parker. They re-signed him to the biggest contract for a cornerback, and he's not that good. Yeah, I don't agree with it. There's something to be said for when your team kind of sucks, just keeping any talent you can get your hands on. Sure. But, yeah, I don't know if I'd be paying Xavier Howard that much money, but... No, no, definitely not. Yeah. They'd somehow, I don't know, felt like they had weapons last year, even despite losing uh, J.H.I. the season before and Jarvis Landry, so I'm not really sure what they're going to be looking like going forward. It also, I don't really like the signing of uh, Fitzmagic in that when you have him and Rosen, fans are so stupid that if Rosen has a couple of bad They'll games, want Fitzmagic. oh, I want Fitzmagic in, and then he'll have like two great games, which he does every year, and then he'll suck for and then two. He'll throw four picks, and then and it's Rosen go back, back in, and it's just a kind of toxic cycle. Yeah, I'm not. I, I think if anything, he could be a good mentor for Rosen. Like that's what Rosen was missing last year, because Sam Bradford and whoever the fuck their third string QB was, they were not the the options. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely have a good impact on Rosen as well. It's just something that it's also might frustrate things for him, too, with fans. Sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that their defense is, is ascending. Uh, they Again, they, they don't have offensive weapons. Uh, did they, who, I don't actually, who are, I don't even know who's the receiver are, on the roster. See, the thing is, no. I remember them having good fantasy players that would then get injured after, like, four weeks. And uh, that's why, like, I don't know their names. Well, so Frank Gore leaving is great for Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake will definitely, I think, have a better year now that he doesn't have to share the load. But I just... Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant, they were putting up buckets. Sure. I I don't see that happening two years in a row. Uh, I mean, then I guess maybe there's a breakout with Mike Gusecki. Maybe uh, it's it's tough because he's kind of a vertical seam tight end, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I like uh, Wilson and Grant, although I couldn't remember their names. I knew it was two guys. Yeah. Um, Do we want to get into some record predictions or talk? Just kind of go through that real quick. Uh, Yeah, or do you want to give maybe our best? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's New talk about edition. best editions. I know we've kind of run through yeah, a lot so, of this. Yeah, best edition and worst edition for the division as a whole. There's no point going through team by team. No, no, no. Uh, so best new edition for me, I think, is the Dolphins getting Josh Rosen. I just think for the price they paid, it's a very much a low-risk move that can be you know very high reward. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, not in terms of who my best new addition is. I don't think that that's that's not the case. But I mean, it's a it's a good move for them long term. They have a chance to an extended look at a potential you know franchise quarterback, and you know they didn't have to you know kind of luck it out in the draft. They were just like, screw it, let's go get our guy right now, and now they're set. Yeah, and also they're probably going to suck again, so right. So they, they they've got could fixed easily this have a chance of getting another good QB next draft, and then that case they've got you know Rosen who might be good enough to be a backup on oh, a really no. cheap backup deal. Don't do that. Or they could flip him. I'm just saying that's like a vision I could see working. Out I wouldn't. No, I th- I think they liked Rosen enough that they went and got him. If they didn't, they would have stuck with Fitzmagic or whoever for this year tanked for fuck Jake Fromm or something like, I think that they like Rosen. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know. I, I don't, if the, it, it can't see them doing uh, the same thing that the Cardinals did. Like that wouldn't happen two years in a row, right? Yeah, that's unlikely. That's fair. So, um, all right. So my best new addition, I know we talked about Adam Gase, not liking Le'Veon Bell, but I fucking love the, thought for their offense i think it's going to completely revolutionize sam bradford because <laughs> oh my god oh every jets fan just kind of spat Whoops. their tea out oh i'm so sorry new york no sam darnold sam darnold uh i think he's going to be a total boon for that because now you know we can hand it off he's got a safety net in the backfield there they've retooled their wide receiver core i again like he they might not even need a tight end if bell is there he can kind of just be that helpful guy. I don't know if he'll, you know, enter the thousand yards receiving thousand yards rushing club again, but just the threat of him will make a huge difference for that Do team. Do we think he's going to be rusty after not playing for a year? Is it going to be fat? Oh man, <laughs> uh, just vibes of Eddie Lacy yeah, big old bell. up. Uh, I hope not, because that would really uh, be unfortunate but i mean I, th- I still think his running style wouldn't be that much impacted by it he's not a one cut you know get to the hole and just go he's a because he's more patient he can i, I think afford to t- hold on a few pounds but I, I i think his receiving game will suffer because of it i guess time will tell uh so all right worst worst, worst additions mine is also to do with the dolphins it's uh one. It's Josh Rosen again. Uh, not quite. It's actually he is both their best and worst not addition even on the field. It's Brian Flores, outside the box. Ooh, I like it. I feel like he got this job because he was like the Pats. Didn't even get the DC title. He just ran the defense for the Pats allegedly for like a season, and it's in many ways similar to what's happened with anyone that like went for a cup of coffee with Sean McVay has got a head coaching job. Oh, it's a hundred, it's a hundred percent, you know, Matt Patricia, same vein with the Patriots. It's Matt LaFleur in with the Packers right now. Like I am very nervous because I, I don't know, like <laughs> this, this trend of, Oh, let's take the, the coordinator from the team that did really well and make him our head coach. That doesn't exactly work. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's that this whole coaching tree nonsense. I mean, it works in some ways, but a lot of the time it doesn't. You know, they need to kind of prove it themselves. And also, especially 
for the defense for the pass, everyone knows that's kind of Bill's wheelhouse. Right. We so. can even see from Matt Patricia's first year in Detroit, they were abysmal. Right. And like they basically, he basically just tried to make the Patriots defense and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he's not Bill Belichick. So no. that's my worst uh, addition. I, lo- I like it. Good conversation on it. Uh, so my worst, I think I already talked about it. Frank Gore. Not from a talent standpoint, not from a production standpoint. Like, you paid the guy, like, I think two or three million dollars to come in, and the Bills have so many fucking running backs. It does not make any sense. Because I think at one point earlier in this offseason, their average age of running back was, like, above 31. <laughs> like, between, they had Frank Gore, LaShawn McCoy, and Chris Ivory, and it's just, like... I get it. Like, you know, you want to, I guess, throw as many people at the position as possible sometimes, but there are only so many touches to go around. And if you keep handing the ball off, Josh Allen's never going to get any better. I just, yeah. I, I don't. And they brought in TJ Yeldon too. I don't understand it. It just, yeah, use I'm that money that. and that roster spot on literally anybody else. Use it on another fucking punter. I don't care. Yeah, I agree. I would have spent that money on maybe a couple of flyers even, you know, that maybe, you know, sure, kind yeah. of get into onto some untapped potential, someone that maybe looks kind of good, didn't make the grade somewhere, but they, it really just feels wasted. Yeah, it, it's, it just boggles my mind. Because we all know Frank Gore is going to end up starting, get, run for about 800 yards on the year with like a 4.0 average, and come back next year. and. He's fucking ageless. It's incredible to watch him, but at the same time, he's not going to be the spark plug that the Bills need. So, Bills are they're rebuilding, yeah. and they just signed a thirty-five-year-old running back. That <laughs> those things don't add up. Some things never change. It's just typical AFC East behavior. Yep. All right. Record predictions. Speaking of that, yeah, record predictions. We'll get to these pretty quickly. So we'll start off with the Pats. I have them going twelve and four. Because their division sucks, and also looking at the schedule, they got kind of lucky with their, you know, harder games to get to play the Browns, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs all at Foxborough. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think. Oh, and they uh, play the Steelers at Foxborough. Um, they do have to go on the road against the Eagles, and the Texans. But who knows about the Texans because their defense and their offensive liner? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm with. I, I don't want to just kind of retweet, but yeah, I'm with you. Twelve and four. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it, but I, I I can't see this going any other way. Really, they've got home field yeah. advantage for hard games, and Tom Brady's still around. So, twelve and four. Yeah. Okay. And then down to Miami. It is the Pats' world, and everyone else is living in it. Yeah, that's just sad. I can't wait till it's not the Pats world anymore. Fingers crossed. I have Miami going 4-12. and 12. I just don't think the team's that good. And also, you know, contrary to the Pats, their schedule outside the division feels kind of tough. Some teams they have to play, I just don't see how they beat them. I think they have to play, like, the Colts... They do. Um, they're they are at Colts, at Cowboys, at Steelers, at Browns. Like there, yeah, there's that's just too many. Just a tough, tough run. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm actually going a step lower. I got them at thirteen and or not thirteen and three. Whoa, backwards. Three and thirteen. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ravens, Cowboys, Chargers, Steelers, Colts, Browns, Eagles, twice against the Patriots. And they are definitely weaker than the Jets. And the probably they're weaker than the Bills. I just don't see... Uh, they honestly could go 1-15, and 15, and I would have been like, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I I thought about 3-13 and 13 too, but I gave them one more, and this is purely a kind of vote of confidence almost to uh, Josh Rosen. That's, that's that assuming he's even starting. Uh, you made yeah, a good point. I, I mean, think... like their, their QB carousel could start early and often. Yeah, that's fair. I just, the reason I went for it was I think that if he gets in and gets to play a little, he uh, you know can get them one or two more wins just by elevating his play. Sure, I don't know. I mean, I think I give them, or they're playing the Bengals at home and the Redskins at home. Maybe one or against the Bills or the Jets. Like that's your. There's your three. Yeah. So, all right, let's go New York. I have the Jets at nine and seven. Wow, that is that is an aggressive look. I just think that Miami and Buffalo both suck, so that's like four wins there. And with these new free agent signings, with the way Bell will totally change and invigorate their offense, another year of Darnold being in the league and maybe losing some of the kind of rookie jitters and a full offseason of kind of knowing what it takes, preparing, looking after himself, I can see... A kind of bigger leap coming for them. Uh, I don't know about nine and seven. I, I I'm leaning towards seven and nine more so. I mean, they've got hard games, they've got easier games, and I I think, you know, they probably do beat a majority of the teams not named the Patriots in their division. But still, I mean, oof, they Ravens, Steelers, Eagles, Browns. That AFC North is going to look very tough. But they also play the Raiders, Giants, and Redskins, Bengals, Jaguars. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving them seven wins. I think that they can beat the bad teams, but they're going to. They are very, very middle of the pack. They're going to beat bad teams and lose to better teams. Yeah. They're they're, they're still a year away from really kind of turning the quarter to compete. Yeah. uh, I don't agree, but. Look, we're also like six months out. So sure, but do you, do you? Here's an interesting thought: the Jets are this year's Browns, where they're going to look good in some games, bad in others. But next year, they're going to really turn it around and just be like lights out. Uh, not lights out, but like they're like a, a legitimate contender. I don't think I agree. Oh, why not? I just think that. The, if they're going to be really good this year's going to be the year, I think for the Browns as well, just the like sheer talent overhaul and the invigoration of Baker Mayfield and the kind of, you know, everything, all pieces fell into place there. And I think the Jets are going to throw a similar thing. There's going to be so many new upgrades and additions. Their defense was pretty good last year and they're throwing in CJ Mosley. I just think if you wait too long, if it's like a middle of the pack year, then they'll be kind of slightly... Oh, the shit will be pretty easy next year. I just okay, sure. No, the, the, but the point I was trying to make was that, like, they, you know, they show good flashes this year. They're not quite there to compete. They're not ready yet, but then next year they're ready to go. Like, they get one, the one or two missing pieces that they find from this year that they needed, and they retool and do it. Yeah, I mean, maybe I just think that they'll get nine wins this year. 
Fine. Okay. Seven for me. Okay, and then so. we're Buffalo. Finally, our friends in Buffalo. I think I actually had Buffalo 3 and 13. Really? You had Buffalo worse than the Dolphins? Yeah, I don't know why I did that. Um, I literally have no reason. I think it's just, I have like, you like you get like a mental block against some teams that you just always associate with being bad. I think that's me and Buffalo. Sure. I think I have them at 6 and 10. Um, I think they're, I mean, that sounds higher than really, I mean, like I want to say five and 11, but six and 10, I think they steal a win from somebody. Yeah. I think that didn't they win like, like five or six games last year? It's not like totally out of the question. It's not out of the, yeah, it's not out of the question. I just, you know, I, I think it could definitely happen and I would be loved to be proven wrong. They go like eight and eight. That would be nice. That'd be a lot of fun. I just, I'm still feeling the five and 11, six and 10 wheelhouse, but you're on the record three and 13. Yeah, Buffalo's gonna be worse I than definitely think I'm a bit low. But, uh, <laughs> look, we'll see. Chosen Rosen, baby. Alright, fine. Okay, so that about wraps up our discussion on the AFC East. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, please be sure to tune in in two weeks where we will be discussing the NFC West. Is that correct? Yeah, that's us. The uh, return of Jimmy Jesus. Um, 11 and 5. Kyler Murray. Forever in infamy. <laughs> oh, glorious, glorious, glorious. Yes, yeah, so we're going to have a long discussion on Kyler Murray and how the Cardinals are going to be going, like, again, 4-12. and 12. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, please hit us up on the web. Uh, yeah, we're... Again, our intro and closing music is provided by Kevin Blue. Check him out at Kevin Blue on Twitter, Apple Music, and Spotify. Yeah, uh, SoundCloud. He's got some medias. beats there, too. Uh... He's just all around good dude, so check out his music. Um, we're on Twitter at Air Yards Podcast. Facebook is Air Yards. Instagram is up and running and is at Air Yards, I think. That would make sense. Yes, that would make sense. <laughs> um, I'm at Eastmail55 on Twitter. I am at Chips and Quack. I changed it. Uh, oh, I yeah, that. I know, yeah. But fuck. Um... I think that's us for this week. Yeah. All right. See you guys next time.